Speaking of mullet, Scruffy, I found something that's right up your alley. Uh, they announced the kids' division winner for the USA Mullet Championships. That and is our, epic. And our mullet champion in the kids' division is eight-year-old Emmett Bailey from Wisconsin. And it gets even better because he's going to use his winnings of $2,500 to buy a go-kart. So if that's not <laughs> hand, in, uh, hand yes. in hand Americana right there. Absolutely. Uh, plus his winnings, he also gets a year's supply of Pat's Blue Ribbon. <laughs> uh, the teens, the teen section, though, they get Budweiser. Budweiser. And the teens get like $7,500 to buy a Camaro IROC Z. Uh, you know, with one one door not the same color, T-tops, sparkomatic speakers, sitting in back, not installed, just sitting back there. <laughs> classic, really classic. Classic. Yes. And speaking yes. of which, the winner of the team division was Caden Kershaw, also from Wisconsin. So the Wisconsin so was, mullets was, are just rocking the competition this year. Absolutely, Wisconsin mullets are where, are where it's at, man. Everybody thinks it's Kentucky or Tennessee. Oh no, Wisconsin. <laughs> they breed the best mullets. We're gonna to have to road trip. It's been a while since I've been to Wisconsin, and this you this know, I, this I, leaves I, me speechless. This is amazing. I, I really think it is time, man. Uh, time for a road trip. It's time for me to bring the mullet back. Um, time I to uh, my time to, queue up, time to queue up to that '70s show theme song. Hello, Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and that's a good point. Let's get into the show. And welcome to Hyperspace Heroes. This is Brown Leader signing in for tonight. Who else do we have? Brown 2. Brown 4 signing in. And we are going to welcome back for the second time uh, Brown 11 himself, th uh, call sign Thrawn, and it's SE from Wikipedia. Welcome back. Hello, hello, everyone. Hello, Thank you. Thank you for having me back on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, we're, we're uh, happy to have you back in... Uh, kind of wanted to catch up on things it's been a, a couple months since we last talked so uh what been kind that of, long uh, already yeah i know right so it's what are wise. some of the uh, uh any updates to the world of wikipedia that's been going on uh, for the most part pretty much the same old same old um as we talked about before the show it's we're getting kind of a little bit of a slow period for uh for star wars releases up till we hit andor and a lot of people are taking a little bit of a uh, well-deserved vacation slash hiatus. Um, I myself just took a couple days off just to chill and unwind. And uh, I think a lot of people are taking advantage of that. Very cool. Very cool. And we did, uh, we hit up Wikipedia for our last episode uh, in terms of coming up with a call sign. We actually did a deep dive. We had uh, Dr. Chris uh, Kempshell on from uh, England. Chris and, uh, He is just phenomenal guest. We love talking to him. And so being a historian, I did a deep dive into uh, Wikipedia and I found, um, we ended up giving him the call sign of Damati, uh, who Ooh. was an Alderanian uh, historian uh, specializing in the Clone Wars. So I, I like that. That is very fitting for, uh, for Chris. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it was, uh, you know, it just shows the power that it, just how far, how deep just the amount of information you can find on Wikipedia and what, uh, what a resource it is for us. Um, and then, uh, I think, uh, I think I saw on Twitter a while back, you hit up, uh, the San Diego comic-con. How was that? I did. Um, I was down to fandom, the company that hosts Wikipedia. They, um, 
they do a lot of stuff at San Diego Comic Con. They do uh, a number of celebrity and guest interviews. They host one of the most exclusive parties there and generally just have a great time. So uh, I was down with a cadre of other users and staff. Uh, we did a lot of interviews. We had one kick-ass party and very much did not get enough sleep. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That's the best convention. <laughs> Other than that, though, we uh, managed to slip into the convention hall itself for a little bit. Um, arbitrarily just ran into Claudia Gray, which was just a nice little touch. Nice. Oh, very cool. And then spent too much money. <laughs> <laughs> that is the thing, isn't it? Um, yeah, Claudia Gray, She, I just finished her uh, The Fallen Star, uh, third novel of The High Republic, and uh, had to give her a shout-out on Twitter because... Uh, she didn't pull any punches in that book. I, I give her credit for, for taking the story where she took it. And um, I don't want to spoil it for anybody that hasn't read the books, the, the High Republic trilogy. But uh, yeah, a good way to wrap up. And uh, she didn't take, she took no prisoners in some of her, what she did to some of the characters. So I think kudos, the best, I think the best non spoilery way we can describe it is. Do you like your heart? Well, congratulations, you don't have it anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's a, definitely a good way of putting it. Definitely. So um, what were some of the, uh, were there any highlights? Uh, well, besides Claudia Gray, but uh, any other highlights to San Diego that you enjoyed? Um, so for me, I, um, I was one of three fandom users that were there doing interviews alongside fandom staff. So I ended up doing some interviews with a number of AEW wrestlers. So CM Punk, Rick Baker, uh, Orange Cassidy, Darby Allen, and Jade Cargill. Um, and then the following day, I ended up getting to sit down with the main cast of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Oh, oh wow. And that was just so much fun. Scruffy wants to hear all about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll actually, I'll, um, here, I'll actually. Oh, please, please. Tell us all about it. I I'll will say guys, based I'll on trailer. You, oh, go ahead. I'll drop you guys a link to it after. But uh, yeah, so I sat down with like the main cast. Um, it's like Ethan Peck, uh, Anson Mount, and all of them. And it was just so much fun. We uh, we dove into some of the kind of background lore. Um, we talked a lot about memory alpha. One of the questions I was going to ask was like, you know, in preparing for your rules, did you browse memory alpha or any other ones before i even finish the question you just hear anson mount pipe up from the back i use it all the time so i had to rephrase my next question from uh, and if you do to since you do <laughs> <laughs> um but no like we just we just had a uh, we had a blast just kind of diving right into it you know that that's reassuring and i know we're talking about a different universe but it's reassuring to know that the actors utilize those resources to stay true to those characters that are you know now 50 years old so that's fantastic my favorite part was uh he ended up he talked about how uh i think like a week or so prior he went on just a random deep dive going through the random pages and just kept going deeper down the rabbit hole uh, i know that made a lot of people on memory alpha very happy now, if we could just get Ryan Johnson to look over Wikipedia once in a while. <laughs> oh, yeah. I went there. I went there. Epic. Oh, wow. All right. So, okay. Uh, I don't know where to take us after that one. Thank you, DV. Okay, well, then, um, 
Tell us about mullets in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> mullets. Well, let's do. Let's switch it. Do we have an article on mullets? Oh my gosh, you yes. might probably actually has some. Please, 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 please. Uh, I have a character named Moline. Oh, character, no. a pilot named Muller. Uh, a moisture farmer named Mullen Galt. Mallet Squadron. Random mallet. Now we're just getting into different variations. There is one other hope, though. Let's look for let's look for hair because I know there's a hair article. And I do not have a uh, the word mullet in canon. Let's try legends. No, nothing shows up. Okay, so okay. just you so know, I need to write this article. Yeah, here you go, Scruffy. Tell us what the kids look like who hang out at Tashi Station. Oh. <laughs> yes, yes. Do they have a land speeder with one door a different color, you know? Yes, the Sparkomatic speakers. <laughs> yes. And they all have mullets. Okay. See, yeah, man. Or we could have... could we say that the Padamon braid is a form of mullet? Oh. Oh. This is I mean, look at Obi-Wan in episode know. 2. He's fully rocking the mullet. So Yeah, he he is. Mullets yeah. are okay. Mullets are oh. Okay. Uh, Man, we oh, got no. Scruffy's attention. Look at that. <laughs> Where is this episode going? To hell. Very oh, you, 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 you've lost me completely. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, <laughs> this episode has gone. We, we've gone on everything except for Star Wars. We've gone to mullets and Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. Scruffy's going to have that picture of uh, Obi-Wan with the mullet hanging on his wall in his office tomorrow and Oh my word, Dad. That is you're absolutely right. That is beautiful. You know, it kind of resembles a kukla mullet or a scruffy mullet from the uh, nineteen eighty nine. Except for it's parted more on the edge, whereas mine was down the middle. Hmm. Oh my hmm. word. Yes, okay, this is beautiful. <laughs> Alright, I'm sorry, focus. Focus, I'm sorry. No, keep going. I want to hear about it, this. Shutting it, shut it down, shutting it down. Why? We are outside <laughs> standard hyperspace lanes. <laughs> and here we no. are, we're wasting SE's time talking about mullets. <laughs> it's kind so enough no. to come on our show, and we're drinking the PBR in mass quantities. That's yes, right. we are. I only had six before the show. <laughs> uh, so. Pass the mad dog. Let's do this. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, so no, but anyway, back to back to San Diego Comic Con. <laughs> no, that's pretty cool. That was a topic. Uh, yeah, it was a topic. <laughs> no, but um, but yeah, no, it was just it was just such a such a great experience. Um, even just getting to kind of work alongside fandom staff, um, their their editorial and press teams are just phenomenal. Um, it was great getting to see a lot of the same people that I had met previously in uh, in LA a few months before. It was great getting to catch up with a lot of uh, a lot of them. And, uh, did you go to celebration as well? No, so I never did get to make it to celebration. Um, we were, I would imagine, just pro probably not that far out from it, but we were just, our schedule was just jam packed for that weekend. Hoping for next year, though. Hoping for, uh, hoping for London. Oh, that would be awesome. Very nice. So what yeah. was? Oh, go we got to we got to get him down to ICCC in Nashville. Mm -hmm. Count me in. <laughs> 
that show is growing. He moved to a 91,000 square foot facility from his old facility that, for next year. And he's getting so many requests for exhibitors and vendors and such that he ended up renting the fairgrounds across the street oh, wow. from the convention center. Yeah. Mike is so really it's a 260-acre facility. Mm -hmm. So on top of the 91,000-square-foot building he rented, it's now an additional 260-acre facility. So not only are we going to have room sales back at the hotel, but we're going to be are we going to have camper sales? Oh, he's inviting. He's 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 allowing uh, you know people to yep, camp, camp for the convention as well. There's quite a huge campground there. Yeah. I feel like the takeaway from all of these conventions coming up is if anyone wants to pay me for, um, <laughs> if anyone wants to pay me to write content, I mean, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> we need to fund fund my fund my trips to uh, to various conventions. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah. So uh, one of the other uh, things we wanted to have you back on for, uh, SE, was the uh, we had a you know fun segment last time we talked, which we kind of wanted to create a kind of a series of these segments called the Argo Six segments, which is basically um, you know, and as we know, Argo Six. You got the book. Yep. The book shift. Yes, we did. Um, which I. I will say after reading it, most a lot of it reminds me of like it's like a cross between George Lucas and Shel Silverstein. It's <laughs> oh, just got kind wrong. of that. You're right, mm -hmm. right. It's just got kind of that weird, yeah, no, very cool feel to it. But um, yeah, based I, I, on the Argo Six story, we kind of wanted to have you back on and, and enlighten us with another. What's what's a weird, odd thing kind of buried in Wikipedia? All right, so. I'm picking this one. This is based on uh, something that Tommy Stella, who is Charles Soule's assistant, has been poking fun at for the last couple of weeks on Twitter. And it's not so much the character that's weird. It's just one particular fact that I want to say we got from... Uh, let, me just think for a second. let me just double check here and make sure I'm getting the right name. I want to say this and was what? something that we saw from Pablo Hidalgo. Okay. This is Droopy McCool. Droopy McCool. To quote the article, Droopy McCool was the commonly known stage name of Snit, who was a male Kitanak and the lead horn player of the Max Rebo band. His real name, however, was actually a series of flute like whistles unpronounceable by any other species. Um, the most fun fact of all, though, his body released a vanilla like smell. Huh. I, I'm in love with him already. I love vanilla. Wow. <laughs> he just he just smells like vanilla. Oh man. No wonder the chicks love him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No candle needed. No, apparently not. <laughs> and as a follow up for an actual silly article, the Buick. The Buick. <laughs> yep. Just the Buick convertible that was capable the Buick was a unique vehicle called a car. Or more specifically, a convertible that was capable of ground, atmospheric, and space combat. It was a unique design in the galaxy coming from outside known space. It included a very durable hull and an unseen engine system powerful enough to propel it through space at a high rate of speed. The Buick also contained hidden weaponry consisting of laser cannons and cluster missile launchers that were effective against a number of different enemies, including starfighters, tanks, 
infantry space and land-based structures, and even capital ships. Dang. So I just, epic. I just wanted to ask you, Epic. Is anyone with a mullet allowed to drive that? <laughs> uh, looking, zooming in on the image we have here, it looks like they're wearing a flight helmet, so I can't say there is no mullet under there. Well, uh, it appears to be based on the 1969 Buick Electra. I do believe, yeah, I, I could, I could sport a mullet and drive that car. You could, yeah. Oh, it's interior. The Buick's interior. Buick's interior also included a detailed damage indicator and map, as well as a steering wheel and several other dials and readouts. Did it have a cigarette lighter? If we're going for the 1960s Buick, I have to imagine it does. It has to, yeah. It has to have one. They don't put those in cars anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And steering... Wow, steering wheels... Diving down that rabbit hole, steering wheels actually have appeared in multiple things. Including Star Wars, the 8th issue of the uh, the 1977 Marvel run, where we have the quote, More like a landspeeder is devoted to the man behind the steering wheel. I don't know what the context behind that is, but there you go. Uh, issue number eight? Uh, yeah, that would be number eight. I believe Jackson was in that issue. Oh. Yeah, that's that's Jackson one. Yeah. We all know Jackson is the best character in the Star Wars universe. No, Buggles is. Um. <laughs> Buggles, Buggles, Buggles can get punted off the side of the uh, ship. For what, what, what is it with Star Wars and rabbits? Is there anything on Wikipedia about why Star Wars has to have rabbits in it? Well, if we scroll down to the behind the scenes for Jackson, he was created in in homage to Warner Brothers cartoon star Bugs Bunny who often addressed strangers with the generic nickname Jackson in his 1940s cartoons. I did not know that. Huh. Well, that's pretty cool. Hmm. Well, that's a very cool time. I did not know that. Cool. I vaguely remember that now. And then after his appearance in the Marvel story arc, Jackson went unreferenced for over 20 years. And it was a great 20 years. The dark times. (laughs) Stop it. And of course, it was brought back in something that was written... In part by Pablo Hidalgo. Of course. Of course. I love it. <laughs> I, I just, I love that. So I did not realize this. I'm, I'm reading back on Droopy's page, and the song that they perform is called Jedi Rocks. And I did not what? know that. Yeah. It, in Jedi, the song, in the, uh, I think it's the George Lucas second edition. Um, you know where they added this, the extra song number. Uh, yeah. Uh, and um, it, yeah, it says here he played Jedi Rocks. That is awesome. Max Rebo Band. Um, it also says that after the death of Java and the explosion on his sail barge, that McCool disappeared into the desert. So he's well, he became Doug. Well, he's probably propping up Doug, but. Uh-huh. From legends, we have years later, some old moisture farmers said that they heard uh, Chindin Kalu flutes during the night in the darkest corners of the desert, and others believe that it may have been Droopy and his pals playing music while waiting for the cosmic egg. Cosmic egg. 
Cosmic egg. That is so awesome. Cosmic egg. That, that is, is so awesome. So, so hey, Skinny, do you hear that? If this doesn't get us the star for your uh, podcast of the day, <laughs> yes. come on, man. Come on. Come, come on, on, brother. We're giving you we've hit, we've, we've hit the trifecta here of Star Wars Twitter. We've got Jackson, we got Droopy, and we throw in a Star Wars card. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's all we got tonight. That's got to be good for it. <laughs> <laughs> right on, right on. Uh, if we have any listeners left. <laughs> yeah, I've made it this far. If we have any <laughs> listeners left. Oh, I love hey. the minutia we come up with. This is great. There <laughs> is an article in uh, Wikipedia about the rabbit's foot. This was a WUD-500 Staria owned by Smuggler. Jackson. Jackson, yes. Oh, remember, I did not know that that was, uh, that was the name of that ship. I had actually forgotten that was the name of his ship. Man, Hasbro, why isn't there a toy for that? Uh, you know, as much as I don't want to see any more Jackson stuff, I, I got to agree with you there. We got to figure that, we need. That needs to be made. It's always great getting to see more Jackson and Baylor Valence. Hashtag Valence Nation. Oh, man, I love Valence. He's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that should get you the win. Now we've hit all aspects of Star Wars Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, okay, yes. Valence very, the Hunter. That's one of my favorite issues as a child. Well, that's kind of a cool looking ship. Is it pretty awesome? Yeah. Because but... Jackson is just awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay, you need to settle down on Jackson. Uh, it's kind of like um, just a weird version of uh, the Falcon. Yeah, in a way. It really is. Well, so is the Outrider. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of a little more, a little more in the style of the Outrider. The Buick okay, was epic. the Buick was owned by Rudy. And that Rudy. sounds like a man with a mullet name right there. That is a man. That is a mullet sounding name. You know, I had a guy named Rudy who cut my hair when I was a child. So apparently, though, the actual inspiration for the car was from. Uh, called Rudy's Car, and it was named after uh, Rudolf Stember, an employee at Factor 5, who owns the Buick Electra that the in-game car was based on. How cool would that be? You just happen to drive to work one day in your Buick, and yeah, it's now just a cult favorite in the games. Mm -hmm. That would be awesome. And it's loaded like a James Bond car with armaments. Alright. I may not tell anybody when I win the lotto, but there will be signs. <laughs> if I see a Buick flying through the sky, I'm just going to look up and say, Scruffy will have his Buick and he'll erase all traces of Jackson. Scruffy has gone into hyperspace. Yes. He's gone to clad. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's hilarious. I would not erase Jackson, uh, as I know DB's a big fan. 
<laughs> no, but you would probably commission, you know, everybody wants the alien versus predator stuff. You know, you'd have the Buggles versus Jackson stuff. <laughs> yes, okay, that would be awesome. Actually, I would pay to see that too. That'd be pretty awesome. That would be pretty epic, you gotta admit. Mm -hmm. That would be pretty awesome. All right, enough rabbits. <laughs> you know who's another big fan of Jackson is uh, Kevin Scott. I've read that on in an interview or two, and uh, you know, he's hinted that he might drop some some Jackson in somewhere. Bring it. Oh, I, you know what? I'm all for it. Let's let's do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I got, I got nothing. <laughs> Just gonna sit here and be quiet. We start off the night talking about mullets. How can we not talk about Jackson? Come on. Mm -hmm. And Buicks. Well, comes back to the hair and the wind. All right. What were what were the rabbits in uh, the Jibs? Who Jibs? Who Jibs? They were telepathic mm -hmm. rabbits. Of course they were. Hoo-jibs. Oh, yes, the hoo-jibs. So, what is, uh, we're, uh, let's see, as of recording, we're, we're let's let's shift on to a new topic. Uh, we're 28 days away from Andor, <laughs> and they dropped the, uh, they dropped an official clip today, which you can definitely tell quite a bit of it was used for the trailers, because it's a bunch of the dialogue chopped up for the trailers. But, um, the uh oh was it Skeller uh Skarsgard's character Luth was it Luthien? Talking to Andor. Yeah, I think and, so. Uh, so twenty eight days out from Andor, what do you guys what do you guys think? What do you think we're gonna get? I will be back in one minute and seventeen seconds because I did not know that drop today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watch it real quick. Take your time, watch it real quick. Um so yeah, it's um there's been there's been some and this can kind of touch on Star Wars news a little bit. You know, they've talked about some things with with Andor. You know, they didn't use the volume. They definitely went out into the world and filmed. Um, also, the um, oh, who's the writer head writer for Andor? Um, oh, I want to say it's like uh, Tony Greer or something like that. Um, completely uh, blanking on that. Yeah, Tony Gilroy. Tony Gilroy, uh, yes, sir. Yeah, Tony Gilroy has said that there are there's no, that did come out today that there's no fan service in Andor. Mm. That means we won't see Jackson in this, because it would fit the timeline, I'm just saying. That's would true. It? Well, yeah. It does. yeah. He'd, be, he'd be a young rabbit, he'd be a bunny. But... Well, well, See, it does fit. It, it does. There's still no fan service there because nobody's a fan of Jackson but you. Oh, ouch! Kevin Scott. I, I Kevin like, Scott. Oh, okay, Scott. Okay, Kevin Scott. Yes. He'd be he'd be in the prime of his hoojib uh, yeah. procreating days. <laughs> Hopping about like rabbits. Um. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> All right, that uh, that that clip gets that gets my support. I like that. Yeah, so isn't that good? Awesome. You just you just walk in like you belong. Yep. 
Yeah, you can definitely tell they used lines of it for the previous two trailers, you know, and, and that's fine. You know, don't give us too much. In fact, I, I really hope they kind of slow down revealing anything else because I want to kind of walk in without any well, more expectations. Even if well, they you... reveal anything else, I'm not watching it. I, I've seen enough. I want I want to I want to experience it now. Now, well, what, what, I really want, what I really want to see now, after seeing that line, the steel from the Empire, you just walk in like you belong. I just want to see Cassie and Andor walk into an Imperial base wearing a high-vis vest and carrying a ladder. <laughs> I, just, I just want that. Okay, that would be That's awesome. all I want. That would be awesome. That would be, that would be hilarious. No, the, yeah. the, beauty, the beauty of that clip is it was all dialogue. It was mm -hmm. not battles and ships and you know all the things you would expect them to show it was a character on character conversation and i think that's what i loved about it the most it didn't it didn't reveal too much but that dialogue is just very epic to me it's just very it's just an awesome dialogue he's so calm the whole time mm. it's like yeah i just walked into an imperial base and i took their gear What's it to you? Yep. Yeah, somebody said it was, uh, somebody on Twitter today called it movie, movie level, movie quality dialogue, you know? Yes. Uh, yes. A step up from, you know, just a streaming service. Not that the other shows, but you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, I'm, I got good feelings. I've had good feelings since for Andor since before we even started getting anything, just due to the fact that we got nothing. They were keeping it all under wraps and the fact that we were not getting. It just had that that pre-show vibe, kind of like Mando did, in terms of where you knew something great was coming. Back to the rabbit yeah. for a second. I'm happy to say. So while we were talking about Jackson, I tweeted out the name. I just tweeted. I tweeted out Jackson, and I'm happy to say that in the past what, 12 minutes, uh, the name is the name Jackson has now been seen 1,960 times. <laughs> He's got fans, <laughs> and they're wondering. And all of them are probably wondering. What's going on? What's going on? <laughs> With one person replying, is he safe? Is he all right? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That's awesome. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we are going to blow up the internet tonight. Mm -hmm. It's a whole yeah, I, I have way too much fun with this. I, I have way too much fun doing all this. <laughs> that is hilarious. Oh That's awesome. That is. Yeah, I'm super excited about Andor. And I'm really excited that there's, as you said, there's no fan service. And it's just, just going to be a gritty war TV series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I've got. I think we've got. Uh, we've got uh, good hopes for it. It's got a good cast, and uh, it's. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll find out in 28 days when yeah, they it... drop the first three episodes. Oh, 28 days. Now that was a terrible movie with Sandra Bullock. Oh, no. is that sad that you know that? <laughs> Mrs. DV likes that movie. Oh, hang your head and. and and it has, um, oh my God, what is Andor's droid? What's what's his name? K two. K two itself. K two. Yeah. It's it's got Alan Tudyk in it. Oh, does it? 
Yeah, he, he's a supporting character in that show. <laughs> no, I'm All stoked right. for Andor because it's an... What's that? You didn't save yourself there. <laughs> no, I'm excited for Andor because I think they're using a very underrated and undervalued character to tell a whole new story. Mm-hmm. So. Very much. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Okay. Well, this has been quite a uh, journey uh, <laughs> from mullets to... Droopy to San Diego Comic Con to Star Trek to back to mullets uh, to Wikipedia, Droopy McCool and Buicks and back to mullets and <laughs> and then back to Star Trek because the NCC one seven zero one exists in non canon. Mm-hmm. It does. <laughs> yes, apparently it uh, appeared in a panel of a comic called "A Death Star Is Born" from the Star Wars Tales Four. Huh. NCC-1701 was the designation of a starship of an unusual shape that was present on Coruscant when Lilith Tarkin, Bevel Limelisk, and Tol Sivran went to seek an approval of the Death Star 1 project from Emperor Palpatine. Hmm. Wow. That's awesome. There's my Argo 6 moment right there. Holy there cow. Yeah. I, yeah, I just... I literally blew up uh, two hours yesterday just dumping in random stuff into Wikipedia. <laughs> it's, it's just it's amazing how far into the rabbit hole you can go here. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. I, am, I am disappointed that there's no mullet though. Yet. 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 I'm going to work on that. We'll how, could, to, I, uh, how could there be no article? We've got Obi Wan with a mullet. We have an article oh. on hair. Hair. You just All need right. a referencing link. That's oh, there what hair. I'm just saying. All right. We just so, need someone to use the word mullet. So, Kevin, if you're listening, um, you know your fellow Jackson fans here are asking you to work uh, a mullet into canon somewhere. Uh, in some era, some shape, some form, make it canon so that we can have the official listing in Wikipedia. And I want a full paragraph on how glorious this character's mullet is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it needs to be at least, that's at least a two paragraph. So it's going to be an entire chapter and it's going to be Jackson and his mullet phase. Oh, Ooh. yeah. Oh, dang. We can kill two I think we might be on to something here. Yeah. I man. think you are. And. He can canonically use hair gel on that mullet. <laughs> yeah, because that is a yes. thing. How so, about Aquanet? And then you can throw a section <laughs> about the Padawan braid being the uh, you know kind of a mullet. Obi Jedi mullet. mullet. Jedi we'll just, mullet. There we'll you just nickname it the Jedi mullet. Oh, there we go. Oh <laughs> man, this gets better and better. We're just if on only we there. knew somebody who had access to a database and could put this stuff in. That's funny. However, there is a there is a article here for the hairbrush. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's in its description. A hairbrush is a tool used to arrange hair. 
right, it's okay, it's okay. I, I got this covered here. I'm just gonna tweet out. Hey, at Star Wars, what's your favorite Star Wars mullet? Oh, there we go. <laughs> now, now, nice. now we're on to something here. Yeah. <laughs> oh my word, I cannot wait to see these responses. Oh, that's awesome. Also, Jackson is now up to 2,877 views. <laughs> Man. I have to imagine some of which have no idea what Jackson is and are now just wondering what in the heck. What the heck's a Jackson? Uh-huh. That's okay. Right, we will educate him. I was just going to say, someone just said Jackson needs a mullet, but wait, that's Hyperspace Heroes podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, someone else, someone else is on our side here. Yep, no, I just I just added that to your tweet so that we can get... All right, I'll say somebody, <laughs> somebody draw a picture of it, please. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, yeah. oh, That's awesome. Goodness. That is great. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, we already know that they went down the beard, the beard rabbit hole a couple months ago. So I have to imagine they're willing to go back to mullets. Yeah, well, absolutely. You can't talk about one without the other, for sure. Oh <laughs> <laughs> my, oh my! The mayhem that we are causing on Twitter. Right now. <laughs> Confusing Twitter, one tweet at a time. All right. <laughs> So, you know, just throw it out there. Mullet versus man bun. Which is better? Ooh. No, that's now not you're just, question. Now you're just asking to start a war on Twitter. Yeah, that, that's, mm -hmm. yeah. We could bring down but, civilization with that. Uh, no. That, no, I'm not, you know, I'm not even going to go there. You're just trying to get me irritated. <laughs> man bun, the man bun is not a thing, okay? We're just, we're just going to go there. <laughs> Well, there's a lot worse names for it than Man Bun, and I won't use them on our podcast. Oh, <laughs> trust me, I'm biting my lip right now. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and listeners, I can get away with this because I have no hair, and I'm not going to have either one of those hairstyles. So. I see I see a mustache and a slight beard there. That well, counts as hair. My my hair all moved in my face and my and my back, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> well, now that's a visual I did not need. Again, this is why we do a podcast, not something on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm a very visual person. Yeah, get that in your head. Yeah. I did not need to hear that. Uh, I'm, I'm going to room with you at the next con. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> no, 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 you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, all right. What do you mean our reservation was canceled? What are you talking about? <laughs> no, that's come through already, has it? I am so bringing a tent. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Did, Mike, did Mike Havens already cancel our tickets too? Yeah, probably. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Uh, all right. Goodness focus. Uh, all right. All right. Let's do a palate cleanser and let's move on to. <laughs> let's Everybody move on take, to, uh, take a sip of your oh. PBR. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Wikipedia has a hairstyle. 
hairstyle. Wikipedia. Yeah. Wikipedia has hairstyles. The Antarian Coffeer. The Nylean style haircut. Nova Sundry style hairdo. The Padawan braid. Oh my word. Yep. Wikipedia. We need to add a mullet here. Loose list. <laughs> it even shows the Padawan braid. I mean, you know. Oh. How do you get no. more glorious of a of a Star Wars mullet than Obi Wan in Attack of the Clones? I mean, that's that's just the epitome of it. You can't you yeah. don't top that. You just come a little bit closer every time. Yeah. Hey, I, I yeah. thought I've got an article here that has an interview with Ewan McGregor, and he talks about how his inspiration for the mullet was the Bee Gees. Quote: We called it sort of a Jedi mullet. It was quite inspired by the Bee Gees. I think really. The Jedi Bee Gees, unquote. The Jedi Bee Gees. I'm just That's, saying. I have never wanted to start a band so bad in my life. No kidding. Wow. I have no musical talent, but I will support this on Twitter. <laughs> Jedi Bee Gees. Jedi Bee Gees. Woo. Oh my goodness. I, I, okay. I'm, I'm so, sending you guys a link right now. <laughs> On, on this hairstyles uh, page, uh, unfortunately, there is a reference to a CERN Prime top knot, aka man bun. Top knot. Top knot. That's uh, not what I call it. It's some kind of knot, but I won't say it. <laughs> oh my. All right. All right, get us back on track, man, please. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, we're gonna get so hate mail let's, now. Be careful. Let, let's let's <laughs> let's do a palate cleanser and let's move over into to uh, collection corner. And uh, on a recent episode, <laughs> our friends from uh, oh my word, we've been going forty minutes on this. Already. Yep, <laughs> our uh, our friends from Duel the Ranks actually posed a question to us in their most recent episode and which they were asking about, they were talking about merchandising in the Star Wars universe, or not in the Star Wars universe, but in the real world, Star Wars merchandising. And they wanted to know why the sequel trilogy merchandising was, uh, just was Back not in. as impactful as the prequel. And, and remember these are prequel kids. They grew up on the prequels. So they remember the merchandising for that. And then obviously we remember the merchandising for the OT. So guys, fill a, let's help out Duel the Ranks and fill them in on why the merchandising was different for sequel versus the uh, prior trilogies. Well, I'll, well, I'll, I'll throw in here real quick here. Um, you have the perfect storm, uh, basically what happened here. <clears throat> I mean, you know, me, DB, being the collectors we are, you know, and plus being, you know, 50-ish years old, we remember the old days where, you know, we were excited to see that first wave of Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi toys hit the shelf. You know, we could see what was coming out, what was happening. Uh, some of my favorite card backs were the Return of the Jedi with the two Ewoks that were blacked out. So you didn't reveal the new characters too soon. You know, and that's, you know, and that's, that's what we remember from that generation. You know, fast forward to 90, 1999, Phantom Menace, Menace was about to make its debut and the new line was on the shelves. And you could see everything for the whole, you know, the whole line, what was coming out in that first wave. And it was just massive shelves with, you know, mass quantities of this merchandise. 
and you know kind of reminded me what it was like to be the kid again so in 2002 and 2005 uh, attack of the clones and revenge of the sith they did the same thing they had these massive midnight uh, reveals where you know you could wait in line for that midnight reveal get in there and try and find that that you know try and predict what was going to be the harder figure to find so you could get those first you know and those those were just some epic days and i think db will certainly agree with me there and then something happened um you have a significant amount of time between the clone wars coming out that the other the movie and when the new sequels came out and during that time you know a couple things changed online shopping became a really big thing amazon ebay you know other online shopping where you didn't have to go get in your car and spend the day driving to every store in town you could just get online do a search buy what you wanted and then sit on the couch the rest of the day and wait for the stuff to arrive to the house this created two different types of people and sometimes these two different types of people are the same person um, the scalpers they would go online buy up this mass quantity of stuff and then resell it later at a significantly higher price or the same group of people would also go hit the stores and see you how know, catch up with the uh, the employees there buy the stuff before they even hit the shelf and then once again sell it online for a much higher price really kind of ruined the whole collecting world for me is for the most part but it no longer it no longer created that the thrill of the hunt and it no the way Disney started releasing these movies was the other part of the storm there was no time in between them it was one after another after another about one year apart a little over one year apart there was no time for this merchandising to come out because he had three years in between the movies back when Lucas was doing it where you know they could afford to Hasbro could afford to tulip and create a massive amount of this product and as it sold off begin to replace it with some other stuff from that same movie and when it started trickling down and the sales started to go down they were ready for a new movie and they could ramp it back up again you just didn't have that anymore and I think that's what caused a lot of the newer release stuff to not really be as much of a hit. Hmm. Thoughts, DB? I think you're on to something there. Um, retail has changed since the prequel trilogy. We are online shoppers now. And toys have changed in the last 20 years. And it's not just that everybody's, you know, playing their Switch or their Game Boy or whatever it is these days. But the simplicity of the classic figures is not appreciated any longer. And Hasbro is marketing the toys to our generation, not to the eight-year-olds. Um, and that, that's why we have the Black Series line. They're very detailed, they're very authentic, and they're gorgeous. And I, I've got tons of them myself. But, you know, the little four-inch guys that were only five points of articulation... Yeah, now they've got the retro collection, but again, that's that's aimed at the middle-aged collector. That's not aimed at, at the eight-year-old, because I miss the days when you'd go in and there'd be a whole wall of action figures and ships and everything else. And now, you know, I go to my Target or the Walmart, and I got a, a peg full of Lando, which it's a gorgeous character, it's a gorgeous figure, 
but I don't need seven of them. And that's the only one they've got on the shelf. And, and Scruffy, you're absolutely right. The collectors go in, uh, get the stuff before it ever hits the shelves and, and they resell it. So it again, I think the, the marketing is to the middle-aged consumer, not the children. And to go back to a question we had with Rule the Galaxy podcast, um, there are no classic ships in the new trilogy. There's no yeah. ships to be marketing to kids. The greatest thing I got as a kid was the Falcon. I mean, the Falcon and the Dust Star were great play sets. You don't have that with the sequel trilogy. And it's sad. It's, it's, I mean, I love the toys I have, but there's just not enough. I'm still waiting for a Leia from Episode Nine in the Black Series. It's, oh, it, that's it, right. I have a collection where I have... Uh, an old version of the character and a young version of the character and I got them side by side lined up but the only Leia I have is from Last Jedi uh, not even Last Jedi it's from uh, Force Awakens they didn't make a Leia I mean you, she had some gorgeous outfits and I realized they were all digital in episode 9 but why didn't they create an action figure and and there may be some legalities that because, because of Carrie Fisher's death you know, before the film came out I don't know I'm just spewing garbage at this point. Anybody else have any thoughts on this? Well, I think with with Force Awakens, wasn't there huge displays in the toy stores? And it, and it, if I remember correctly, and it, so are you thinking that you just didn't, maybe it didn't sell, and the rapid turnaround of the movies, so to speak, like Scruffy was saying, when the when Force Awakens didn't sell that well. <coughs> The toy makers were kind of like, well, you know, how much investment do we put in this? If... Well, there's a couple of thoughts there. Number one, the packaging was terrible. If you notice, they've gone Precious. back to the, they they went back to the classic packaging now, and it's fantastic. But these were on smaller cards that had terrible artwork. The figures they look like they, dollar store figures. Yes, thank you. They yes. they were putting out figures that they were getting from pre-production who were actually cut from the final film. So it made no sense why they're selling Constable Zuvio. Who the heck is Constable Zuvio? That's still that's you still know, one of the ones that confused me and I have a feeling they were planning something more for him and then just nothing came of it. We have all I, this I, we got all this Constable Zuvio lore before the movie dropped, and then we never even got a mention in the movie. Exactly, you're 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 right. They threw a bunch of crap out like that. I forgot about that. And and to make matters worse, they were throwing in classic figures like young Han Solo and stuff that didn't belong in that packaging. So it was very confusing. Hmm. The best thing is though, Zuvio actually does have a fair bit of lore to him. He doesn't have Surprising. a fair amount of screen time, though. That's the problem. Just not a fair amount of screen time. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, no, I mean, that's... So So there you go. Uh, Christian, Brody, Amanda, there's some an answer for you. Um, you know, kind of a combination of factors. A lot of things, but uh, yeah. Uh, merchandising is, is just not quite the same for a lot of factors. Um, you know who would have got it right? Yogurt would have got it right. Yeah. Merchandising. Yeah. Merchandising. Merchandising. <laughs> Spaceballs, the flamethrower. The <laughs> classic. Uh, that's classic. Uh, all right. So uh, we kind of answered that question. And, uh, Hyperspace yeah. Heroes, the lunchbox. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
This uh, needs to be done. We need yes, the plastic. It it's got to come with the plastic thermos, though. <laughs> Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. That would be an awesome lunchbox. Um, I think I need to have this made. Yeah. I think Who's going to buy a lunchbox with our faces on it, man? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I got to have it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, did you guys, to wrap up Collection Corner, did anybody add anything to their collections this past week or recently? When I was in San Diego, I did pick up the um, the Lego Mando Starfighter. Ooh. Oh, nice. Oh, that's cool. I saw it at the Lego booth and just thought, you know what? I, I have to. Yeah. Gotta do it. Very cool. I, 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 I'd say I'm starting to get drawn into the Lego thing. I haven't dove in head first yet, but I'm seeing certain sets that just tell me I, I gotta have it for some reason, and that kind of scares me a little bit. There are some nice sets in Lego, and you can drop a lot of coin that way. And that's why I'm trying to resist no. the. Oh, that is cool. That oh, is a beauty. That's beautiful. Without a doubt. Oh. I did actually. I did see a uh, five thousand piece. Um, Millennium Falcon when I was at a Lego store oh. yesterday and there was no price listed and that that told me all I needed to know yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah it's one of those if you gotta ask it's too much okay. <laughs> if they run a credit check you can't afford it there was, there was also like a, a 4,000 piece uh, LAAT there and like another 5,000 piece Star Destroyer and oh I wish I, am, I admire somebody who has that kind of patience I don't have that kind of patience to put something like that together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I think I would lose it within first 30 minutes or so. <laughs> yeah. I think it would take me the rest of my life to put something together that big. Well, yeah, I don't know. Only to have something knock it over and destroy it. Right. We, we do know somebody that's gotten into Legos, and we'll, we'll have to uh, have him on sometime soon. Just always remember, Lego exists in canon. That it does. Building snaps. Building snaps. That's right. <laughs> All right. Um, so we'll move on to kind of the last part of the show real quick is uh, Star Wars news. Um, yeah, you guys, it's been kind of a, like uh, like Essie kind of commented in the beginning of the episode, it's kind of been a slow news period. We got that official clip today from Andor. We're 28 days out. Um, Scruffy, did you have something? Um, there's not much out there, like you said. Uh, there were a couple of new books revealed uh, on the 19th. Um, they are going to be released. Uh, their new releases tied to the Star Wars Jedi game series. Uh, one is Jedi Battle Scars, and the other is Jedi Survivor. Uh, it looks like uh, they're the art of Jedi Survivor, uh, published by Dark Horse. So, uh, you know, being the fan of art that you are, I think these might actually be pretty, pretty cool looking books. Yeah, there's no covers or anything, so we'd have no idea what the what's what they're what's inside of them yet. But right, looking forward to it. Very cool. Not um, There's we a couple. Did, we, more. Did, uh, we did get the announcement of Jedi uh, Battle Star or Battle Scars, the upcoming uh, Fallen Order novel. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to create more universe building around that character. So, which, uh, 
you know, and that actor that they modeled him after is still quite young enough to do future live action, so that's always been a rumor that they'll bring him in at some point. So, and uh, let's see what would be... So it'd be post... Eh? It'd be during the Andor area and era another time, so yeah. Who knows? Hmm. Maybe we'll um, get a cameo. Yeah, speaking of books, and it's not Star Wars related, but it's a Star Wars author, which is Michael Stackpole. He's uh, dropped on Twitter. He submitted a new Battletech script or book novel today to the editors. So uh, I grew up on that before, uh, even before he was kind of writing Star Wars stuff, uh, the Jedi novels and the Rogue Squadron and all that. And he did great universe building in, in the Battletech world. Um, so that's kind of exciting that he's... He said he's got a new book coming out with new characters, uh, in, uh, new stories and new characters, which is always a good thing. So hopefully they don't go through the uh, sequel treatment of uh, storytelling. So, <laughs> You know, but, as long yeah. as we're in the print world, uh, there was an artist named Tom Palmer who passed away recently. Yeah. Um, he was big in the original Marvel run. He was a penciler and an inker, and he did some... Uh, cover art for the original Marvel run including the first three issues um, and issue number 50 which is a fantastic story where the rebels infiltrate um, an, an imperial uh, space station called the Tarkin so um, he was he was big in the early run and especially he did a lot of, of the inking um, during the period between Empire and Jedi but he did some some beautiful cover art very cool yeah, Wikipedia is looking him up <laughs> <laughs> alright well cool yeah um, this has been a, uh, a very enlightening uh, show today I gotta say uh, <laughs> very much so uh, Buicks, mullets, droopies, background. Vanilla. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Vanilla. We got everything. Vanilla. Everything smells like vanilla. Everything smells like vanilla. Who smells like vanilla? Droopy? Dripping droopy. cool. Oh, man. That's why he's so cool. Man, I, I'm such a fanboy of that band now. Man. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Hopefully they'll bring him back in a few. Maybe he'll be in season two of Book of Boba if they do a season two. Getting the band <laughs> back together. Yep. Yeah. We're just gonna get. We're just gonna get him. And, just get him and Max up on stage together, and everyone is happy. There right you know. on. It's like getting mm-hmm. Paul and John back together. It's the Beatles. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> Boy, there's a comparison right there. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Okay. Now for our next segment of our show: weird things you found in this book. Courtesy of of Jade Moonstroller, who sent us all down this rabbit hole on Wikipedia. Thanks, Jade, for cursing cursing us with knowledge. And for the listeners listeners at home, he's talking about the monsters and aliens from George Lucas' book. And Jade, I mean that. I mean that in the most. I mean that in the most loving way possible. Thank you for for sharing this with us. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, I would like everybody to go get a copy of this because if this is ruined for me forever. I think it needs to be ruined for everybody else forever. The Cantina song lyrics. <laughs> there are lyrics to the Cantina song. Yeah, 
desk. And I cannot hear. I cannot unhear this in my head now. I'm sorry, Brown Force communication is breaking up. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! 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 You're you're, you're you're gonna hear this. Can you hear me, Brown Squadron? So I, here what? is the first. I would like to read the first verse. I am not gonna sing it. Oh come on! Sing it. It's amazing how sad I get remembering the past and all the things you said and did to make that happiness last. But it's getting hard to talk to you, keeping keep up the disguise. There's so much pain in this green heart if I could only let go and cry. Oh. So poetic. Yeah, the the whole book is kind of a uh, uh, like I was saying before the show. It's a it's like a cross between Shel Silverstein and George Lucas in this book. That's kind of the feel to it. It's a very out there book, that's for sure. But yes, well, uh, it, well worth the time. Well worth the time because you know where else are you going to find an Employee of the Month Gamorrean Guard Award <laughs> <Yeah>. for tirelessly <laughs> standing at a base of Our Majesty's slimy throne. For bringing dignity to the uniform when covered with decomposing manta pears. <laughs> for being punctual, even when there's no concept of time. For being, for helping ladies across the chasm. Yeah, the list goes on. It's um, yeah, love this book. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. All right, I think that's a good point to jump off for tonight. Uh, SE, thank you for being on again, and uh, we appreciate it. Uh, Thanks for having me back. Yeah, absolutely. Make sure if you do not follow uh, Wikipedia on Twitter, uh, make sure you give that that give that a follow. It is well worth your time. Um, Happy to say also that um, within the next few days we're going to cross the one hundred fifty thousand follower mark. So stay tuned. Maybe we'll maybe we'll do something special for that. Who knows? That's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Very cool. So very, the next question is, will you ever join us again? <laughs> will, you have, will you have me on again after cursing you with not only the Buick, but also the vanilla Droopy McCool? <laughs> oh, oh I, I, I look forward to our next time that you're around where I can find these little uh, little bits of information. Hey, this uh, is Brown 4. I, I think I have communication again. Did you say vanilla Droopy McCool? <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, I will make sure you will never unhear that. Mm -hmm. My question to you is, do you have anything in the files about the scent of of Garcifwip or Mermia? No. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Okay, on that note, we're going to wrap up. Uh So uh, before we get any... uh, uh, Oh, my word. Unsavory litigation coming our way. But uh, if, if Michael Havens, if you are listening, we need a karaoke night where we can sing the lyrics to the Cantina Band song. Ooh, that would be oh, fun. Oh, you're onto something. That it will be the fun. most depressing night of karaoke ever. Yeah. <laughs> As we all attempt to decipher the meaning of these lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, my. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Let's wrap uh, this up. Let's wrap this up. So, yeah. So, give Wikipedia a follow on Twitter, uh, Instagram as well. And uh, it's, it's definitely well worth the time to follow follow those accounts, um, especially the Twitter one is a lot of fun. It's run by our buddy here, SE, who is uh, part of the Brown Squadron, Brown's, uh, Brown 11, call sign Thrawn. Um, if you want to give us a shout out uh, for future topics. Also, we still have some... Uh, uh, 
Hyperspace Hero stickers available. And uh, if you would like to have us drop one in the mail to you, just contact us, direct mail us, or uh, DM us on Facebook, Twitter, or uh, Instagram, or you can email us at brownsquadron at gmail.com and we'll drop a, a Hyperspace Heroes sticker in the in the um, mail to you. Also, if, uh, you know, share this podcast with your friends. We don't do a lot of advertising other than social media. Um, and uh, Scruffy has promised that if we can get up to 100 listens on this episode, that he will start an OnlyFans account and uh, we'll really start... <laughs> <laughs> and it'll be yeah, definitely all right you know what i will stand by that yeah scruff <laughs> yeah uh, scruffy and mullets all on only on all only yeah so, so yeah so uh yeah give us a follow uh get drop us a line uh, ask us a question and uh, or you can leave us a voicemail on the uh, anchor.fm website or app and uh yeah i guess uh with that it's been a fun episode and uh let's get out of here guys so um, this is Brown Leader signing off for the group, and you have been listening to Hyperspace Heroes. That's, That's no moon. No moon. <laughs> Vanilla. Oh, that was good. <laughs>